When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a 3,000-foot-long bridge that spans this gorge. It's 876 feet above the river. And we were going to walk across it underneath the bridge the catwalk, on a catwalk. Which is only 851 <laughs> feet above the river. They let you do that. <laughs> but you have to be supervised. They outfit you. You step into this harness. That I think he called it a diaper. <laughs> but these straps that fit around the tops of your they thighs. yours a diaper. I don't think they were calling everybody's a diaper. Oh, it's I, I just me. slack on yours. <laughs> This is the Dear Bob and Sue podcast, stories from our travels to all the U.S. national parks and other public lands. I'm Matt Smith. And I'm Karen Smith. We are the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. On today's episode, we're describing our version of three perfect days in our country's newest national park, New River Gorge. In West Virginia, New River Gorge offers a wide variety of outdoor activities, and we'll be talking about those today, as well as some of our favorite places to eat and shop in the surrounding area. And we'll also share a few lodging options. Hopefully all this information will help you plan your trip to National Park Number 63 in a place the locals call almost heaven. Oh, you stole that from John Denver. our regular music again. I have to say I miss that Halloween music. I love that. Yeah, maybe we could find a, a podcast theme music that has more xylophone in it. I think that's what you like. You like the xylophone. No, no, I got. Remember when we first thought about doing a, a podcast years ago and we got theme music? It was Hip Hop Hoedown. I do recall I that. Love, I love the hip hop hoedown. I know. And then we sent it to our producers before we did the first podcast to, to get their approval. And I remember Jonah told us, I think he said, quote, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would, end quote. I like it. We need to start working some hip hop hoedown into our music. Can you do that? Can you play a little clip right here so that people know? <laughs> I love the hip-hop hoedown. And I can do even better. We can close this episode with hip-hop hoedown. How about that? Yeah, maybe it'll appear in future episodes. Yeah, and actually, you know what? I'm excited about that. It's kind of appropriate for today's episode because we are talking about the great state of West Virginia, and it kind of has that same theme. They have hoedowns in West Virginia? Is that what you're saying? I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to play John Denver's Almost Heaven West Virginia song, but the license fees for that would be... It would be a little little more than we make in our lifetime. Plus, anytime you travel to West Virginia after you're there for about two days, you you don't want to hear that song ever again. (laughs) That's true. Because it's being played often. So we went to New River Gorge National Park and Preserve. We're official. 
Yeah, we can once again say we've been to all the national parks. We got that going for us. That's right. And this trip was really special because we went with our friends, Bob and Sue, who kind of started this whole journey for us, as obviously our books and our podcast are named Dear Bob and Sue. We still get comments and questions from people asking if Bob and Sue are real people. I know. I mean, we've known them for a long time, but are they real people? Are they just pretending for us? They seem pretty real to me. We met them in 1998 when we first moved to Seattle from Kansas, and they moved to Seattle at the exact same time from California. And Sue and I met up in the the Sunny Hills Elementary School. I was there registering our kids, and she was there registering her kids. And anyway, we struck up a friendship. It was so random. If we had not been in that school office that day at the same time, none of this would have happened. You, you don't think we'd have ever gone to a national park? That's, that's, that is well, the chain of events that got us to it go out, outside our house. The books, they would have been called something else for sure. Yeah, <laughs> they dear, would have dear had, Matt and Karen. Yeah. People wouldn't confuse us with, with Bob and Sue. So Bob and Sue, they spent a few years in California, and they got into the habit of taking their kids to national parks. So they got into this kind of family routine, and that started their love of national parks, and then they turned us on to it. As those of you who've read our book know, uh, when we went to all the national parks, we asked Bob and Sue to come with us, and they couldn't because we were empty nesters at the time, but they still had a daughter in high school, and they couldn't leave her home alone for two years. They still had (laughs) an occupied nest. (laughs) That's right. So we went without them. We wrote emails to them about our experiences in the parks. So we never went to any parks with them. And unfortunately, they had to move to the Detroit area. Bob was with Ford Motor Company, and he got called back to the mothership. So then it made seeing them even more difficult. But where I'm going with all this is, we decided we would start meeting once a year in a national park. And so in in 2018, we went to Rocky Mountain. In 2019, we went to Badlands. And last year, our trip to Yosemite was canceled due to COVID. And this year was very special because we wanted to see the 63rd National Park with them. Neither one of us had been there. So finally, Bob and Sue made it to a park with us. (laughs) Yeah, so so we did New River Gorge National Park and Preserve in West Virginia. So we flew to Detroit to meet up with Bob and Sue, and we all drove together in one car from Detroit to the park. Yeah, that'll test a friendship. It will, although I think I slept most of the way. So that helped. <laughs> it helped Bob, it right? It helped them, yeah. <laughs> we'll be covering a lot of information in this episode, and we'll put links to these things in our show notes at www.thedearbobandsuepodcast.com. And Matt is also going to have a blog post with photos on our website, uh, which is at mattandkaren.com. That's right. I've committed to doing a blog post for this episode. So check that out. So Karen, let's dive in. Okay. Even though this was made a national park, number 63, in December of 2020, it has been in the National Park Service since 1978. It was a national river until last year when it became a national park. And it's one of the oldest rivers in the world. I didn't know this until we uh, visited. It's actually older than the Appalachian Mountains. I say Appalachian because I used to say Appalachian. 
Yeah, we found out when we were there how to pronounce it correctly. And New River Gorge is a 53-mile-long gorge that runs right through the park with the New River flowing to the north. And it's famous for the bridge that spans the gorge, which is just outside the town of Fayetteville. This is, this is the centerpiece of the park, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of the logo of the park. We'll talk more about the bridge in a few minutes, but where is New River Gorge National Park? Well, it's in the southern part of the state. It's about an hour southeast of the capital of Charleston. And like I said, we drove from Detroit there. It took us about seven to seven and a half hours to drive from there. Other points of reference, it's about a four-hour drive from Columbus, Ohio, about two-and-a-half-hour drive from Morgantown, West Virginia. And it's only about a three-hour drive from Shenandoah National Park, which we added on to this trip as well. Uh, we're not going to have time to discuss Shenandoah, but if you want to add on three perfect days in Shenandoah to your three perfect days in New River Gorge, this would be a great park to add on. Now, we went to New River Gorge in October, which we thought was a, a perfect time. But if you're planning a trip there, I mean, you could go any time of the year. Summer's the busiest because one of the most popular things people do in the park is whitewater raft. And, and we've heard from others that it gets pretty crowded in the summer. But spring and fall are also great. Uh, I think the whitewater starts early April. Yeah, the season runs April through October. I was hoping to see fall colors in mid-October, but they told us that they were having a late, um, a late changing color season. Right. And so we they, missed it by maybe a week. Yeah, but, I would say this year, probably end of October was when they were popping, but it's hard to plan for that when you're planning your trip ahead of time. But right. o- October was beautiful and it was warm and right. sunny. We were there, what, 12th, 13th, 14th-ish mm-hmm. of October. Right. So where to stay, there's no lodging in the park, and really the main town that's the closest to the park is Fayetteville, West Virginia. It's right outside the park. Now, the gorge, like we said, it's 53 miles long, so um, there are other towns. I mean, it's kind of a long, skinny park. Fayetteville's in the north right by the big bridge. It's so close. I I was surprised. You could walk from Fayetteville to the bridge and across the bridge. Fayetteville is a darling, darling little town. It has a population of under 3,000 people. And it was established way back in 1837. And back then it was called Vandalia. Yeah, I've always called it Vandalia. (laughs) I I didn't even know until we went (laughs) that they changed it to Fayetteville. So... Vandalia for all of you uh, people who remember it as that. Where are you you coming up with this? (laughs) Well, you know, it's in my history channel research. Okay, Um, all right, got it. Now, in Fayetteville, there is a um, hotel. There are some bed and breakfasts, but we stayed in the most wonderful place. It was Lafayette Flats, right in the heart of Fayetteville. So it's a three-story historic stone building that was originally, 100 years ago, was originally a bank. And they turned this bank building into four individual flats that you can rent out. So these flats consist of a bedroom, a little living room area, a small kitchen, and a bathroom. And I usually don't like the old bed and breakfast kind of places. I'm sorry if I'm insulting bed and breakfast owners. <laughs> you are no, all I just over like, the world. No, I just like I like I like modern stuff. I know you do. Sometimes, some not always. Some bed and breakfasts are fantastic, but sometimes, you know, the beds are a little creaky. 
And small. And, and small. Usually they're like doubles or sometimes queens and your legs are hanging off the end. And I'm not getting any smaller. So <laughs> I, I need a big bed and I flip around a lot. So there's a lot of creaking. And here's the thing. And I, I got to say, what, what I'm worried about the most is that in the middle of the night when I have to go to the bathroom, which is like, you know, 10 times, I'm like worried about running into other guests in the hallway. Some dude in his underwear going to the bathroom at the same time and then i then we have to have this awkward exchange <laughs> in the middle of the night well the dude's probably not <laughs> any happier about it no, than you are <laughs> no I, i'm sure he's not but but matt some of them have the bathrooms in suite and they have those big clawfoot tubs i love i, I love clawfoot <laughs> tubs especially you know what i like about clawfoot tubs is when they rig up a shower head to them like a rinky rinky dink little uh pipe with a shower head and then the curtain that goes around because then when you shower you bump into the curtain often and so i don't know what's on that curtain it's kind of like you know just draping yourself in a piece of plastic that somebody Somebody else. This is this is way more information than our listeners want about my issues. Yeah. My favorite, though, is typically there is only maybe, if we're lucky, one outlet to charge all of our devices. Yeah, and, I like that, too. We travel with, you know, each have a laptop, we each have phones. So there's one outlet. Usually it's above the pedestal sink. And so we're fighting for space Don't and putting our stuff on the back of the toilet. With pedestal sinks. <laughs> Okay. I can't I can't even talk calmly about pedestal sinks. Right. If, if you have a pedestal sink in your establishment, you, you're no longer trying. Okay. There's nowhere to put anything. I tried to get the naked holster product oh, idea built, you know, the little, little tool belt where you put all your stuff in the holster, your toothbrush, your toothpaste, all your stuff. Because there's no, there's no real estate on a pedestal sink. Yeah, Matt, that was like four years ago. I haven't seen any prototypes about that. <laughs> no, I can't decide <laughs> whether or not to do the side hang model or the front hang. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you criticized it, so it kind of gave up. All right. We got way off track here. Yes, we I think did. what we were trying to say is the Lafayette flats, though, are not like that at all. You don't need a naked holster for the Lafayette flats. I, no. I will give them that. I loved it. And matter of fact, we've stayed in a few VRBOs recently, and I've loved everyone. So I, I take back everything I, I said except the pedestal sinks. Although... <laughs> Maybe all the pedestal sinks out there, that's just giving my naked holster idea an opportunity. So keep the pedestal sinks. Offer my naked holster in your bed and breakfast. You can hang it up on a hook. You might want to sanitize those, those suckers between guests. You know, you can just email us and, and I'll send you a prototype. I think we're done with the naked holster idea, Matt. I think okay. it's time to put that to rest <laughs> forever. So the owners, even though this is a historic, I believe, a, like a hundred year old building, they have updated everything. They they redid the plumbing and the electrical and all the outlets. And so it's very modern on the inside. Lots but, of outlets. Mm, yeah. A lot of yes, electricity. Yes. But you still have the historic charm of this beautiful building. That's right. A couple things to note. There are no elevators. And so, you know, we schlepped our luggage up. We were on the third floor up these wooden uh, staircases. So if that's not your thing, then this wouldn't be for you. It's also considered a boutique hotel. So there are no children allowed and no pets. 
But if you are traveling with your family, there are some other fun places to stay that we we heard about when we were there. There's a couple of adventure resorts. Um, one that we heard a lot about was Ace Adventure Resort. And what, Matt, that's about 15 to 20 minutes south of Fayetteville? Yeah, and just like total coincidence that we ran into a boatman on one of the trips that we did with Oars through the Grand Canyon, and he works also for Ace Adventure Resort there. And so, yeah, what a small world. I know. And he was giving us tips for when we go to Fayetteville. There's a lot of good whitewater right in this area. Another one that's similar is Adventures on the Gorge, and that is very close to the park. In fact, it's just a few minutes uh, drive from the bridge and from that uh, visitor center there. So these places are fun for families because they have cabins uh, that you can rent and stay in, and they have other activities to do like zip lines and all kinds of things. So if you're going with kids and, and big groups, I would definitely check those out. Yeah, and there are some other cabins and Airbnb VRBOs uh, in the area. So there is plenty of lodging, but uh, none, none officially in the park. Yeah, I didn't realize until we went that the New River Gorge is surrounded by a lot of state parks, which is kind of cool because it extends, you know, this area of public lands. And we saw some cabins in these state parks. And I I think next time we go, maybe we'd check out those. So let's get into the three perfect days. Now, we have outlined what we think three great days visiting the park would be. Now, you can certainly mix and match these activities, but... This is our take on what three perfect days would look like at New River Gorge National Park and Preserve. So, day one. Day one, you have to start your first day with taking care of business, which means going to the visitor center. Now, there are two visitor centers in the park. The main one is in the north, the Canyon Rim Visitor Center. And it's right by the bridge off Highway 19. And it is open year-round. Yeah, and there are also some great views of the bridge from that particular visitor center. There's a second visitor center, Sandstone Visitor Center in the south. It's off Highway 64. It's open seasonally. We did not go to that one. We took care of business at the Canyon Rim. So what does taking care of business mean? We got to get first, we got to get the map. Mm -hmm. We have to get our picture in front of the park sign. Yeah, and we were very excited to see that they do have the new national park sign up. You know, sometimes it takes these new parks a while to get the official sign. And so... Yes, they have the sign. They also have the stamp. So stamping our passport books with number 63 was it was actually a thrill, wasn't it? I almost well, it, cried. It, it, it was, but I, my, I smudged my first stamp. So that the, my OC kind of. <laughs> I know. And there was a lot of pressure because I was filming you. I know. And I smeared it. It's better than stamping it upside down. Then from that visitor center, there's a couple of places where you can get really good views of the bridge. So we did a hike down quite a few stairs down yeah, to an like overlook. Yeah, like 100 or something. And that was great. There's also one right next to the visitor center that's an overlook to the south that doesn't require any stairs. So there's a couple of good overlooks right there at that visitor center. And once you've taken care of business and talked to the ranger and gotten your map, then for us, it was time to go for a hike. We did two hikes while we were there. Uh, Long Point Trail. Now this is on the kind of the Fayetteville side of the river. 
It's a pretty easy 1.6 mile trail. It has great views of the gorge and the bridge at the end of the trail. Now, there are some steep drop-offs towards the end, so be careful, but it's a great place for you to get your picture with you, with the gorge in the background and the bridge in the background. Yes, that was a great trail. And another one that we did that first day and that we really liked was the Endless Wall Trail. Now this one, there are two different parking areas for this hike. And the Endless Wall, this viewpoint is in the middle. So you can start on either end and hike to the viewpoint, or you could do it as a big loop if you wanted. I think so we have down 2.4 mile easy hike. I think that was out to the viewpoint and back, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, you could make this, I don't know, you probably make it as short as two miles, but you could make it longer also by, you know, doing the entire loop. But anyway, you you get to the wall. Now the wall, you're on top of the wall and rock climbers climb down it and the gorge is below where you're standing. And so there's a lot of overlooks. The Diamond Point overlook is kind of like the main spot where you get the best view of the river to the south. But yeah, you can then you can just take that trail all along the eggs of the wall and see many more overlooks. It's a beautiful trail. And that Diamond Point Overlook, make sure you make it all the way to that. You can't miss it because that's where all the people are. So those are a couple of hikes that you can do in the park. After the Endless Wall Trail, we actually wanted to go down to the river because the original bridge is down there. And there's an eight-mile one-way scenic drive to that bridge. So we went back to the Canyon Rim Visitor Center, and from there we took, I guess it's Highway 82. It's not really a highway. It's just it's a long, windy road. The Fayette Station Road down to the bottom. Now, <laughs> like a half a block from the Visitor Center, you'll probably make a detour because there's a fudge shop. <laughs> so we had to stop for fudge. Maple fudge. I think that was lunch that day. Yeah, us. and ice cream. They don't have uh, lunch food there, but boy, they yeah, have fudge some good fudge. Cream. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that for lunch? <laughs> yeah, so we stopped at the fudge shop, and then we yeah. uh, we made our way down to the river, um, got lost a couple of times. Bob uh, was driving, and he was fortunate enough to have three backseat drivers <laughs> uh, all shouting instructions at him at the same time. So uh, not only did we get lost, but we did end up driving the wrong way down a one way at least once. That's so right. So I'm, I'm sorry, Bob. For also, that. as long as we're telling tales about Bob, he also took a turn that was a very sharp hairpin turn. He cut it a little close, and basically we went off the edge of a cliff. We were in the air for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I know Bob. I know Bob doesn't think that we were in the air, but my life flashed before my I eyes. Was, I was going to warn him about the curb, but as we went into the air, I went nonverbal for a few seconds there, <laughs> which is a rare occurrence. <laughs> which, is, which is rare, <laughs> but. We landed, and we were fine. (laughs) We clearly had no idea where we were going, trying to get down to to this bridge, because the roads are very curvy. Some go off to other places, a lot of hairpin turns, but boy, what a scenic drive. (laughs) Right down there is that the old bridge. It's the Fayette Station Bridge, although they've, they've redone it and renamed it. The thing was built originally in 1889. So when they built the big New River Gorge Bridge, and that opened in 1977, it increased the traffic and and visitorship to that area. And they realized this Fayette Station Bridge was just not 
up to code. And so they closed it. It was just pedestrian. And then they they reconstructed it completely. Right. And then reopened that in 1997. So now you can drive across it, but there's also um, enough space on both sides of the bridge for foot traffic. So you can get good views. And it's a good place to take a picture up at the New River Gorge Bridge. Yeah, you got some great photos. Yeah, yeah that, that's definitely something you want to check out because it's very scenic and it's cool to see that old bridge, which used to be the main bridge. Right. Now, another thing you could do if, you're, if it's not dinner time by now, if you've done all these other things, is you could go to Hawk's Nest State Park. Now, we did not visit there, but several people had suggested this to us. We just ran out of time, but it's about 10 miles north of the New River Gorge Bridge, and it's known for its scenic overlook of the gorge, and so you've got a great views. But that that's something you could add on. Absolutely, and one of the locals also recommended to us, and unfortunately this was on our last afternoon, so we didn't have time to do it, but uh, he recommended that at this Hawks Nest State Park do the aerial tramway, which goes from the top of the canyon down to the water to the marina, and then do the jet boat up to the New River Gorge Bridge. So this is all offered as one trip. It only takes an hour. And I looked at the prices. It was very inexpensive. So if you're not up for the white water rafting, this would be a very fun alternative. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So that's about it for day one activities. Now it should be a late afternoon or early evening. And happy hour. And happy hour. We So we were back at our flat, walked around town a little bit, looked for... Um, a place to get a, a, a drink and some dinner. One of the most popular places to eat in Fayetteville, and for good reason, is a place called Pies and Pints. And the, and the pies stand for pizza. And so we ordered takeout from there since we had a place to eat in our flats. Yeah, literally two block walk from Lafayette Flats. Mm-hmm. So walk down there, grabbed pizza. And the pizzas were delicious. Ate it in our flat, played cards, and had a fun evening. It was pretty much a perfect day. Yeah. So that's a perfect one day, but we have two more days to talk about. The fun continues. Yeah. So on day two, I was really excited for this. One of the other really popular things to do in the park, in addition to the white water rafting, is what's called the bridge walk. Before we get into that, let's talk about the bridge for a minute. I think you already said, Matt, that it was um, it was completed in 1977. Yeah, and the reason they built this bridge, as we already discussed about going to the old bridge, this new bridge reduced what used to be a 45-minute drive down to 45 seconds. It's it's a 3,000-foot-long bridge that spans this gorge. It's the third highest bridge in the U.S. that carries traffic. It's 876 feet above the river. And we were going to walk across it underneath the bridge on a catwalk which is only 851 (laughs) feet above the river 
So that's, yeah, they, they let you do that. <laughs> but but you have to be supervised. Before we talk about walking across Briggs, let, let's tell everybody about Briggs Day. It's usually the third Saturday of October. And it is a literally a celebration of this incredible structure, the, the bridge. And over 100,000 people attend. I can't even imagine that because this park is not very big and the towns are small. <laughs> yeah, it's a big celebration. And a couple of the things that are special about this day is that it is the only day of the year that they legally allow base jumping off the bridge people jump off the bridge uh, and pull their parachutes before they hit the river. At least that's the plan. And there's a little area down below that they, they can land. Yeah, I guess they have hundreds and hundreds of base jumpers. And also we should note, because I didn't realize this until we got there, that Normally, you cannot walk across the New River Gorge Bridge, which is a shame. They should have built a, a walkway across there. But on bridge day, they close almost all lanes to traffic. And so people can walk across the bridge, which is a cool thing to do also. Yeah. The other thing we learned, we learned this on the bridge walk, is they also allow rappelling off the bridge. <laughs> Why don't we do that? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Now, unfortunately, for the last two years, Bridge Day has been canceled due to COVID, uh, which is a shame because I know a lot of uh, a lot of people look forward to it, and a lot of businesses uh, rely on that the extra traffic coming through. Uh, hopefully, next year. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that they get that back on schedule next year. But we did the bridge walk, uh, and it was kind of the highlight of our visit it was. To, to the park because it's, it's pretty cool. Walking along the catwalk that's right underneath the bridge. There is only one licensed guide company that does this, and you can find the information on bridgewalk.com. You have to sign up. You, you definitely should sign up in advance because they do sell out, um, and you go with a group and a guide. And their offices are very, very close to the Canyon Rim Visitor Center. But yeah, it was it was a fun adventure. Our guide was Paul. Paul did a fantastic job, very entertaining. He took very good care of us, both from a interpretive standpoint and telling us all sorts of things about the bridge and the park, but also from a safety standpoint. They're they're very big on safety, as you can imagine when you're taking people out on a two-foot catwalk, 851 feet above the water. That's right. The only way I could do this is because you're actually hooked um, with a tether. You are hooked to a cable that runs the whole way. So there's no possibility of falling off. Well, you can fall off, but you're you're attached to your tether. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's a good point. You could jump if you really wanted <laughs> yeah. to test the system. Yeah, they, they put a harness on you and, yeah. and uh, a lifeline. So our time slot was nine o'clock. They ask you to get there 15 minutes early so that they can get you outfitted. Which we, means we were there at like eight. Of course, we yeah. were there so early. And then they put you into groups. Our group was fairly small. I think it was about eight people. Does that sound right? Yeah, they yeah. they try to keep those groups pretty small because, you know, they're, you're in a single file line on the catwalk. 
in order for the guide to talk to people, you know, you you don't want the line to be too long. So yeah, it was, it was kind of a nice little intimate group. It was, and so they they outfit you. You step into this harness. They, I think he called it a diaper, <laughs> but these straps that fit around the tops I of think your they thighs. Yours a diaper. I don't think they were calling everybody's a diaper. <laughs> oh, it's I, I just think me. There was some slack on yours. That, well, that, that explains everything. That like explains. Now they 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 tightened up all the straps before before they let you out. And then once. Every Everyone is outfitted and double checked to make sure everything is secure. Then we got in a little van and literally drove for like 60 seconds across the street to the visitor center where we walked down this little pathway to the access point underneath the bridge. And all the other visitors in the park who are there just trying to get the passport stamp or whatever, they're they're looking at us like, well, like, what are those crazy people about to do? I know. I did feel a little bit crazy. I was nervous at that point a little bit just because you can see the bridge and you're at the height of the bridge and then you look down and you think oh oh lord what am i getting into <laughs> yeah it was i never felt unsafe no once i got out there i was fine but i also wanted to mention when we got to the bridge paul hooked us up one at a time and attached to the end of the tether was would you call that a pulley i don't know what they call that thing it is a pretty amazing little piece of engineering because it attaches to the safety line which by the way is three thousand feet long it's it's a safety line that goes into the span of the bridge but that safety line has to be attached to the bridge so it's attached by, I don't know what you would call it, but this device has to stay attached to the safety line while you're pulling it, and it has to get past these connections to the bridge. Somehow it does that without disconnecting. It it was kind of an amazing piece of engineering. Paul told us that each one of those cost $900, and if he were were to ever drop one off the side of the bridge, he'd have to go in after it. Yeah, he may have been exaggerating on the cost, but... Maybe not. I I don't doubt it. So he had us all hooked up. And then, of course, we're walking single file on this catwalk because it's only two feet wide. Now, I will also say that not only are you you hooked in, but there are handrails that run the entire length of the bridge. So that made me feel a lot better, too. There are handrails. So the handrail is what? Maybe three feet off the ground. And then there is another rail between the catwalk and the handrail. But the rest of it's open. Like right. it, it's you're not like in a cage or anything. You can see through easily to the river and uh like I said I I never felt unsafe but boy you you lean over and look straight down and you lose your your sense of balance pretty quick. Yes, I don't think this would be good for anyone with a fear of heights. Maybe not. Um, it was also a little unnerving as the big trucks went across the bridge overhead because they make the entire structure vibrate and it's very loud. I was nervous at first. It kind of made me feel a little woozy. But once we got going, then I, I kind of adjusted to the to the whole thing. One thing I loved, I had expected that we would walk, just walk across the bridge, right? And it would take maybe 20 minutes. But the great thing about this was that Paul took his time with us and he would stop every, I don't know, what, 20, 30 yards. And he would tell us, you know, the history of the area and he'd tell us funny stories and he would take photos of us. So it actually, I don't know, how long would you say that entire walk across the bridge lasted? I thought maybe it was about an hour. It was plenty of time. By the time it was over, you didn't feel like, oh, I wish we could have spent some more time there. Yeah. And, and like you said, we stopped 
at intervals. So as the scenery changed, as the angle of the sight angles changed, you had plenty of time to take pictures. And it's scary enough just getting on the catwalk. But as you walk towards the middle of the bridge, the land below gets further and further away. And when you're right in the center, it, it's pretty dramatic. It is. And re- there was a point in the tour where Paul suggested that everyone sit down on the catwalk. And then, you're, you know, your legs are dangling through the opening down. And I thought, no, no, I'm good. I'm just going to stand. <laughs> but some of the people sat down. Yeah. So we had a good long visit on the bridge. Yeah. And at the end, then, when you, you're at the other end now, when it finishes and the van comes back and picks you up and takes you back to their office, you know, the whole thing lasted. So our time was at 9 o'clock and we were finished at 1130. So it was all told two and a half hours. And it was well worth the the money. I don't know. Did I say it was seven? $75 each. I don't, I don't know. know I and, and I don't know if you said this, but you can book online ahead of time at bridgewalk.com. Their slogan is life's better when you're high. And I think that was, it's very appropriate. <laughs> so day two, perfect day number two starts with the bridge walk, but it's not over yet, Karen. No, there was more good stuff. Yeah. On this particular day, we went to Babcock State Park. And the reason we went to Babcock State Park is? Because one of the most photographed images in the world is there, and it's the Glade Creek Grist Mill. Yeah, when you said, hey, we're going to do a trip to a grist mill. <laughs> Did I you thought, even know what a grist mill that's, was? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard to follow up a bridge walk, but, uh-huh. you know, a grist mill after a bridge walk, <laughs> I don't know. But I got to say, it did look like a postcard. Yes, it sits right on the water. Of course, do all grist mills sit on the water? Is <laughs> and But there well, was a little waterfall you'll, you'll there. Some, you'll need some water <laughs> need some for water. the mill. Uh, the trees were starting to change color a little bit. Uh, extremely scenic. And yeah, that was fun to see. That was about a half an hour drive from the visitor center to get to the grist mill. If you don't do that, or even if you do check that out, you probably have time to add on one more thing, although it's a little bit further of a drive. Another very photographed image from the park is Sandstone Falls, which is the largest waterfall in New River Gorge National Park. We did not do that, but we have heard that that is something that uh, is is a must-see if you're visiting the park. It's about a 75-minute drive from the bridge. When you get to the Sandstone Visitor Center, it's another half an hour from there. So you do need some time to, to get down there and get back if you're staying up in the Fayetteville area. Um, at that point, we were, I believe, at a brewery. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> we, did, we did the brewery option instead yeah. of Sandstone Falls. But we also did that afternoon a little shopping. Mm-hmm right at the ground floor of the Lafayette Flats building where we were staying is a cute little shop, the Lost Appalachian Trading Company. And then we went in there and you guys um, looked at every single item. We bought everything in the store. Yeah, and then then you met the owner, Nicholas, who is both the owner of the store and the designer of the merchandise. And then after, of course, you met him, you bought more stuff. I know. What a great guy. Yes. I was looking at their website, and I think one of the reasons that we loved the store and, and Nicholas's merchandise so much is because let me just read you what the website says. 
quote, Lost Appalachia is a nod to things past. Wildlife no longer found here, like the wolf on our logo. Forgotten towns reclaimed by the forest and cultures that have faded into the hills. It's also a call to action to go out and explore our mountains and enjoy all they have to offer, unquote. How much do you love that? (laughs) Yeah, and and that's why you bought a t-shirt and a book and a bandana and we loaded up. We did load up. Anyway, even if you're not going to be in Fayetteville, you can order from Nicholas's online store and you can find that at lostappalachia.com. And we love to support small businesses and especially as someone who's as talented as Nicholas. But I want to say one more thing. The night before we left... At about nine o'clock at night, remember we went out to take some photos yeah. of the building this is because what we do we go out and take photos. Yeah, at night because the yeah. building is all lit yep. up. Yep. So we were across the street. We took photos of of the Lafayette Flats, and then Nicholas's store was all lit up. So I went up to the windows and I put my face against the window on my iPhone camera so I could take some photos of the inside of his store, which is beautiful. And all of a sudden, I see Nicholas in the back, and he walks across the room. He was still there working. And I thought, oh, God, he's seeing this creeper lady out pressing her face against the window. Creepy, creepy stalker. <laughs> so we can add that to the Karen definition. That's right. We've moved on from entitled white woman to now being also <laughs> a creepy stalker. Yeah. So sorry about that, Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, so we love that store. But also right at uh, Caddy Corner from there, there's also the Waterstone Outdoors and that's a great and that store. Was, that was great. Yes. We, we didn't need any gear, so I don't, I don't think we spent too much money there. But uh, yeah, so there are a couple of interesting little stores there in Fayetteville. There's other antique stores. Mm-hmm. Um, Some good antique stores. And of course, the Ben Franklin. The Ben Franklin. I did not go in the Ben Franklin. I think it was nap time, uh, or maybe I just got tired of all the shopping that you and Sue were doing. But you guys went in. We did. And what was surprising about the Ben Franklin, which if you you know if you haven't been in a Ben Franklin, it's a lot of crafts. It's like a Michaels or a Hobby Lobby, right? They have all kinds of crafts. But this particular one also had groceries, which was interesting. And the biggest candy aisle I have ever seen in my entire life. You, you didn't tell me this. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Why, why did you wait till we got home to tell me this? Because I knew what would happen if you went in there. There, there was a sign on the door that said they serve slush puppies. Was I, there a slush puppy machine in there? I, I don't know. I couldn't get past the candy. I, okay. I Probably. Well, I don't know about anyway, that. Anyway, it's Ben Franklin, and you don't see that many of those. So <laughs> there's one in Fayetteville, West Virginia. Yeah. So that's your shopping time on day two. But you know you know what it's time for now? It's time for a beer. It's time for a beer. And that particular day, we went to Briggs Brew Works. Now, it's a, it was only about a five-minute drive from town. Yeah, it, you definitely have to drive. It's not walkable from Fayetteville. Yeah, and probably because of COVID, the seating was all outside. Plenty of seating, great tables. And that particular day, they had a really good food truck. A very good food truck. And so it was beautiful. We sat at picnic tables. We had really good beer. We had some really good food from the food truck. They also have, they had a huge uh, structure like a stage. So I don't know. They must have live That's music right. there. Yeah. Remember? Well, they were, they were in the process of constructing it yeah. or maybe remodeling it, but it looked like maybe mm-hmm. they were building it originally. And so, yeah, maybe they're going to do live music. So check out Bridge Brew Works. Yes, it was great. 
So that was a day two perfect day. And moving on to day three, I would suggest starting that day with a stop at Tudor's Biscuit World in Fayetteville. Or every day. Go to... You have to go to a place called Biscuit World. I know. How can you not? No, although we drove by it many times to and from all of our activities and have to say there was a line out the door every time. It's very popular. And I guess I didn't know this, but it, I guess it is a franchise in West Virginia or maybe in other states as well. So there is more than one Tudor Biscuit World, but definitely check out the one in Fayetteville. Right. The the world needs more biscuits. <laughs> so start day three, start with a biscuit. Yes. Now, we did not do this next activity, but it is one of the most popular in the park. Uh, so we're going to talk about it, white water rafting. Yeah, we did not do it because Bob and Sue weren't interested, and we weren't interested in spending an entire day without them, especially since Bob had the car and Bob was yes. driving. And they might just leave us there <laughs> in West Virginia, and we would still be there now. That's right. So I know we missed one of the big activities, but another reason to go back. There are, what, lots of outfitters. Yeah, we talked about a couple of them, Ace uh-huh. Adventure, and then there's Adventures in the Gorge. So you have a few options for whitewater rafting. A lot of them have paddle rafts as well as kayaks. Right. And, and th- these are serious rapids. This isn't just like a, a, a tourist thing where it's a nice lazy river and you get to paddle along for a few miles and then get out and, and, and have lunch or something like that. These are, these are serious class three, class four, and more aggressive rapids. So yeah, it's, it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. But they do have something for everyone. So they have half day, they have full day, they have overnight trips, and they do have, there are some sections of the river that are milder than others. So if if you don't want the, the big white water, I think there's an option for you as well. So check out their websites and you can kind of get the lowdown on, on the river rafting. I, I would imagine the rapids change in difficulty uh, during the seasons. So if you're into more rougher water or milder, you know, you probably call them and find out what when's the best time to go. And not only is there white water rafting in the park, there's also the Gauley River National Recreation Area, and it's just to the north of the park. I mean, just a few miles, the Gauley River, and it has world-class rapids also. Like a 25 miles of wow. world-class rapids now. Wow. So you could easily spend a week just doing whitewater rafting in all these different places there. Yeah. And I have to admit, we made a rookie mistake, even though we've been doing this for over a decade. <laughs> we keep making rookie mistakes. The Gauley River National Recreation Area is a National Park Service site, mm. and we did not visit it. That hurts. And we didn't get the passport stamp. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so close. Whose fault was that? <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was yours. We talked about this. It, 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 you, you're the organizer of the trip. So you should, have, you should have had that on the outline. But no, it's a reason to go back. That's right. So that is day three now. And as far as a food option for your third night. We went to Arrowhead Bike Farm and Campground. The owner of the Lafayette Flats recommended that to us. And it was fantastic. It was, I would say it was an eclectic collection of things. There's the bike rentals and bike repair there. They had good beer. They had good food. Also, they had a little private campground. And maybe maybe the our favorite thing 
the goats. They have, they have goats. <laughs> and right as we got there, whoever is in charge of the goats let them out of their pens. And all of a sudden, they came running towards us. And they climbed on the picnic tables outside. And they were adorable. So who wouldn't want to have good beer, good food, and goats? And I bikes. Mean, so it's, it's a trifecta. It, it, yeah, you get it all there. So that was a fun place. Uh, <laughs> that again, was really seating fun. outside. And mm-hmm. it was a beautiful fall day. We were drinking beer and eating food and visiting with the goats. What better way to end three perfect days? I know. Visiting the park. You know, obviously you could spend more days and and do more things, but I think three days is probably a perfect amount of time for New River Gorge National Park. Now we should say, and, and people will point this out to us if we don't say it, there are a couple of other popular activities in the park. We did not do these, but rock climbing and mountain biking are very popular I think the rock climbing, as we have heard from others, is maybe the best rock climbing in the eastern seaboard of the United States. And then also, we're not mountain bikers, so we just don't know much about this. But uh, apparently, there's some dedicated single tracks in the park just for mountain biking. So, yeah, there are other things you could do if you wanted to put together your own three perfect days. Absolutely. And if you are into camping, there are no campgrounds in the National Park. They do offer some dispersed primitive camping. So, you know, you can pull your van off to the side of the road in certain places and camp. They have a list of those places for you. However, as we mentioned, there are some wonderful state parks that are tucked in and around the National Park, and those do have some campgrounds available. So if you're into camping, check those out as well. I just want to say, too, I don't think we mentioned this, that West Virginia is is a beautiful state, and the people there could not have been nicer. Yeah, it was just a great trip. It, it really, was. really it, was. This park has a really nice vibe, doesn't it? There's something about it. It's It's got the beauty of the Appalachian Mountains surrounding this unique landscape, you know, the river and the gorge. And it has all kinds of outdoor recreation. Plus, it's surrounded by those historic towns with a real nostalgic feeling. And they, they make good beer. <laughs> Absolutely all you could ask for. Uh, yeah, so it was a great trip with Bob and Sue. We're, we're in the process of planning next year's trip. We haven't quite decided where to go, but who knows? Maybe there'll be a, a 64th National Ooh. Park that comes up before then, and, and we can check that out as well. All right, here comes Hip Hop Hoedown. <laughs> Wow, Matt, I feel like we're at a hoedown right now. <laughs> I love the hip-hop hoedown. I know you That's do. going to become our new song, isn't it? Mm, I don't know. We'll have to discuss that further. <laughs> Thanks to all of you for joining us today as we explored New River Gorge National Park. So we're working on a holiday gift gear guide, but it's never too early to start your Christmas shopping, especially this year, as they say that might be delivery delays. So do your holiday shopping early. Our books make great gifts for family, friends, neighbors, teachers, and anyone who loves national parks. You can buy Dear Bob and Sue seasons one through three plus stories ho all on amazon.com and delivered right to your door. How's that? (laughs) If you'd like to see photos of places we talk about in our episodes, you can follow us on Instagram at Matt and Karen Smith, 
on Twitter at Matt and Karen and on Facebook at Dear Bob and S. Are you going to be doing those deliveries right to their door? <laughs> I want to see you in your Amazon uniform driving up to people's doors. Could I wear a Santa hat? <laughs> you could wear whatever you would like. <laughs> 